Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Goza, founder of HerbertGoza.com. Well, today we have a very special guest, and we're going to be focusing on how to market safety for in-person classes. Now, the reason we wanted to talk about this, uh, well, particularly since so many of, uh, well, at least with LearnCube, so many of our school customers are still running an in-person business as well as an online class business. And for those in-person classes, safety has become a really big deal and a big part of how they drive business and how they really build enough trust with students and parents sending those students, particularly if it's to travel travel-oriented businesses. Herbert, what have you seen from a marketing standpoint? Right. Well, uh, at the agency, we work with quite a number of physical language schools that offer in-person classes. So, uh, yes, the, the topic of safety and what the schools are doing to ensure that is very prevalent and how to integrate that into your marketing and looking forward to getting some insights today. And we're getting them from a very special guest today. Her name is Larry Maitland. She's the school owner of French and Normandy and also the spokesperson for, if not the biggest, one of the biggest French language school associations in France. So thanks very much for joining us, Larry. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Um, <laughs> I think I have to tell you that there are there is more than one uh, French language association. I'm just the <laughs> spokesperson for the biggest group of language schools. The conversation at the at the round table at the moment with French language schools. Well, it's a continuum really, a continuum with the, let's get help for our members from the French government because the mm. financial aid was not forthcoming straight away. So 2020 nobody had any financial help. 2021, we managed and really very much largely down to the work of the group to get help from January. And we've had been able to, to claim loss of our turnover, but that's now stopped, as has the whole uh, furlough scheme. So if you want to have a furlough scheme now, it's quite complicated. You need to involve your staff representatives, it, it's not as straightforward as it used to be. And mm. now there's no more financial help. So it's it's drastic situation because we're not getting visas. We're not getting students. We're all turning at around about a third capacity. Wow. I mean, this is exact. Uh, so it is interesting that we're seeing similarities, certainly in the English language sector from the people that we've talked to, Herbert, in the past. Mm. It sounds like we're hearing a very similar story happening in France and happening with French language schools from from my understanding. Herbert, have, is that aligned with what you've heard as well? Definitely. I, I think uh, everyone's struggling, especially mm. the uh, language travel industry. I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Larry. Um I mean, obviously, tra travel is restricted. Um, students aren't on, on coming uh, to learn in, in the schools. And depending on which country you're in, some, some governments have been uh, very helpful and some not so much. Larry, just out of interest as well, for those that are coming for French language learning, which countries would they be from? Am, am I mistaken that it would only be English languages, the first language? There might be lots of people that are wanting to learn French that don't have um, you know, French as their native tongue. So is it mainly English speakers that would come over or is it really across the globe that you would have no, people? No, no, it's, it's, it's global. It's, mm -hmm. it's global. 
and 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 don't forget we're also now it's not just a question of uh travel restrictions it's also that none of us have any possibility to to look into the pandemic globe you know glass ball and say mm. oh, what will the situation be like next week in ukraine so i've just had a group cancelled that was all set up coming in uh, 10 days time but the situation in the ukraine has now degenerated and so france has put them on the red list it's yeah. really impossible to to predict tomorrow there could be you know a major uh what do they call them uh variants in yeah i don't know give me a country you know which pick one any one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's a bit yeah. Like how it is that's what we're living with so wow. it's very hard to 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 look and say yes you will definitely have those students coming every until they're in the school i i just think mm. it's a possible maybe yeah again coming from a place where i don't know enough about french language and, and particularly from in france would there be, I guess, demand from other European countries? Um, yeah, that's, and therefore... thank goodness that's kept us going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because obviously, uh, as you know, the language travel industry is very seasonal. Yeah. And so mainly students coming from South America come in those lovely winter months that we all adore when the numbers aren't so strong. So Colombia, Mexico, Brazil. So where's the market? Uh, right. So, so uh, what? Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, you've kind of missed that, that sort of second peak, which you often get in your winter because uh, of the yeah. travel restrictions. But that's right. These are the low months for any language school. You know, mm. just October, mm. that's the end of the summer season for good. And then you've got November, December, where you might pick up a couple of groups for school from schools. Well, they're not traveling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've got December, January. And things maybe start to, to wake up a little in February, again, with the school half term. It will that happen. Who, who knows? So it, it's really a critical situation for many schools in France, as I'm sure it is around the world still. There, I think there must be only about <laughs> maybe five schools that are, are, are really not bothered by this pandemic. Uh, perhaps I'm being optimistic that it's only five. But, you know. Goodness me, we're all up against all these unknown factors. Is mm. there a plane? Can I travel? What's the situation? It's really quite overwhelming. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in a way, I don't know if you feel the same way, Herbert, is um, because we've, we've been talking for an, well, over a year, Herbert, and I think mm. we've had multiple times where we've had school owners that were, oh, you know, it's going to be okay just as long as we get to, to March. And yeah. for, for some reason, I, I did feel a little bit surprised by what you're saying, Larry, and just the fact that this is still so pres you know, pertinent. This is so critical and, and happening still right now, and it's October. Um, mm. When I think we and saw a lot of hope in March and, and April with things opening up. Yeah, everybody thought, great, roll on summer. You know, here comes summer. <laughs> but had we had we factored in the fact that there are things like distancing. So take my school, for example, normally it's 150 students. Well, if you start putting in meterage, so everybody must have one meter distance, there's no way you can have the same number of students because yeah. not all your classrooms can take 15 students one meter apart. 
Absolutely. Yeah, when you think about 15 students, one metre apart, that's a pretty yeah. big room. <laughs> and it, it's also a question of furniture afterwards. So, yeah. for example, we, we actually went and, and bought, this is not the time to buy furniture. <laughs> you know, we don't, this is not something you want to do when you're faced with a, a, a global pandemic. But we bought individual tables in order wow. to give people that sense of security, first and foremost. And we also thought that this way we would be able to make maximum use of the space available. Yeah, it sounds like you're having to be, you know, uh, very well, you're having to be very adaptable from what I'm hearing. But um, one of the things that strikes me, it's very interesting, is trying to make students feel safe. And it sounds like you've already it's made very some important. Mm. What are some of the te- and I say techniques and I don't mean to make it sound that this is manipulation, but you are <laughs> trying to create a sense of safety. How, what are some of the things that you do that make students feel safe? What do they want to see in your marketing or even when they come into your school? Well, there are some very basic things, obviously, like the barrier gestures, uh, masks. We're still wearing masks and we obviously have hand sanitizer everywhere. But one of the things we did, and I'm very grateful to, to be living in Rouen because one of my neighbours is um, uh, a world leader in... Um, Protective films, and they developed the protective film, which we had the whole school sprayed, every single surface, chair, wow. WC, uh, table, wall, anything, <laughs> coffee machines, table, you think of it, think of a school and, and where students are putting their hands. But this protective film, uh, we were one of the first people to adopt it. The transport, all the local transport is protected by the Metropolitan Council of Rouen. So we thought, right, if they're doing that, we can offer safe transport and you can offer a safe environment in the school. So they came in, we closed the school for a day and they sprayed everything. And we just had it rechecked. The film is still working and we can top it up. Uh, So for things like table football handles or coffee Mm -hmm. machines, I top it up weekly. Uh, We top up tables and chair backs and so forth weekly. But it's still working. Uh, it's a bit like Pac-Man. If you put your hand on the surface, it's protected. <laughs> that, it sounds like what they used to put on the the bikes over here in, in London. You know, they would put them on the handlebars of the bikes. I never even knew that somebody could access this as a product for a school. So for yeah. me, this is this is new news, Crazy. Larry. Yeah, very well, interesting. This is this is a, a neighbouring company, and they were wow. very pleased because obviously I think they would like to develop that side that in education. Yeah, it's, it's obviously so. very reassuring if you've got mm. um, that sort of thing. You know, it's not just students you need to reassure. It's your host families, it's mm. parents, it's your agencies, it's everybody. Larry, this brings up a really fascinating question, at least for me, just in the fact that you have, I would have thought, just like anything, you have a big spectrum of worry. So you have some people... Uh, even like myself a little bit, where as long as I know that I'm doing the right common sense things, I feel relatively safe in my environment. But I do know of other people, and particularly some parents, where you'll just be on right at the far edge of their spectrum. Mm. And just like you've said here, like, you know, what are you doing? You're able to show, like, we're, we're, we're using this film, we're doing masks, like all of these things. And they really help the people at the far end of that worry spectrum. Um, I think what just do you, everybody... Yeah. Sorry? Because it's, you know your staff. I think everybody needs to be reassured mm, because yeah. let's face it, if you're travelling, 
I mean, we're, we're all three of us around this table. We've all been traveling in our lives. Yeah. The last thing you want to be is ill somewhere you don't feel mm. at home or comfortable with going to see a doctor or, or getting involved with the medical profession. Yeah. You know, even for something minor, we've all had that terrible diarrhea moment abroad. <laughs> and you think, oh, my God, you know, how, how, not necessarily in a country where you have such technical vocabulary to go in and, and get the, the things you need. I've, I mean, I always travel with a bottle of pastis, for example, because it's <laughs> radical. You know, and anyone listening, if you, if this is a great tip for traveling. Always have a small bottle of Ricard or pastis in your suitcase because yeah, if I you agree. have a bad tummy, that is going to cure it and it will cure it, <laughs> you know, in, in the day, in that day. So I yeah, love it, Larry. This is great. <laughs> this is changing my world. <laughs> All of schnapps, yeah, also works probably. Does it? I'm not sure about, but schnapps makes you very drunk very quickly. So, <laughs> you know, a quick shot yeah, of true, true. Every, every half hour is going to get rid of the cramps, get rid of the unpleasant visits, unexplained visits. You know, there's nothing worse, is there, than being in going to see people. You know, the M- French embassy and where's the toilet, please? And and you're going there every four minutes. You know, you know you can't make a decent presentation. But if you have a bottle of pasties, brilliant. Oh, that's a great tip. <laughs> That is a product great. placement within the uh, podcast. I yeah. wonder if we can. One <laughs> uh, what, what of the things that this is um, a really interesting topic, though, which is how, like, you know, the reason I say that, Herb, is we've talked about marketing technology before. We talked about LearnCube and if you had a virtual classroom and, and okay, how do you do that? But actually, I think this is really fascinating. How do you, pro- in your marketing, you need to promote safety in a sense of you're going to be looked after and if anything happens, like we're. Responsibility. Yeah. So how are you seeing, how do you, do you articulate that in your marketing or is it more how you, you have your communication channels through the agents that you work with or how, how do you get that from your, your, all the stuff you're doing to the actual end decision maker? We, we actually got the communications manager of this company, uh, Novacell, uh, yeah. who pro- pro- provide this AMS, the protective shield. And we did some we did some film on on LinkedIn and YouTube and uh, Facebook, but we also obviously communicate that to people when they ask us to say. And and I noticed that is something very new in the email requests we get. Please tell me. And you, there's sort of two categories. There's the person who's terrified, and who wants to be reassured. And there's and they will come. But there's also the person, I'm not sure how terrified they are, but if they're, if your reply, your responses aren't what they're looking for, they mm. won't come. So it's become quite a, a watershed, a divider between the sort of the requests that you're getting and are your answers sufficient or not? And it's always there in the mails. Even somebody, you know, that you, you're having a conversation, you're into the second or third mail. If it hasn't come already, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to come at some point and it will come before they, they make up their mind to travel or not. So, I mean, this is an interesting part for marketing as well, I would think, because mm. do you, um, how much do you, you know, present up front? Um, for, and, and also, how do you deliver that? Like you also mentioned you have videos. So, and I know that we talk a lot about videos, Herbert, on, on this podcast, but uh, showing is often better than listing 
what you're doing Absolutely. because um and also even just the film yeah. like having a visual of you spraying stuff immediately <laughs> might make me feel like wow okay larry's really onto this thing right yeah. either uh, you know or, or or what what on earth has she got in her school is it black mold or you know, <laughs> has she been parachuted into a parallel universe and, uh, yeah. I, I think it's important to think of every single aspect i mean i don't know if you've traveled since the pandemic but what became what was sort of almost second nature it was so the first trip i did everything it was like i could another challenge it was oh where's you know have i got my hand gel and where is the hand gel and oh did, did who just touched that no i don't fancy that it, 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 and and i'm quite a sort of i'm not a you know i'm not a fussy person but i did become really quite fussy because I have a 90 year old mother living with me mm, yeah. mm. I, I didn't use trolleys unless I could you know <laughs> sort of scrub them down or yeah uh, I'd use my own bags and you have you have to think that if I'm fairly relaxed about you know I've, okay I've been more aware that you need to wash your hands you need to do this you need to do that what is it like for people who are not as relaxed mm. about traveling yeah what I'm hearing is that you really cater for the end of that spectrum and then you get anyone that's either slightly interested or very interested. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like that's the, the safest <laughs> way. Uh, but I did have a, a, a controversial aspect of that then is, um, and, and I'll put myself into it sometimes, uh, sometimes the more you say like, hey, you know, we do this and this and this and we're going to do everything – Sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was dangerous, and now it feels yeah. like it's, I'm going into Chernobyl. So I'm kind of curious if you yeah. had a controversial thought about that It is trying to get that, that well. right balance. Hmm. It's trying to, be, to, to communicate that you are responsible, you are aware of the necessity for certain measures in the school, you are aware that you are cramping people's style, but it's for their own good, and yeah. And even you can have complaints. Uh, you know, I'm a believer in fresh air because I'm I'm a country girl. So, I mean, I'm sitting here at home, but the doors are open and, it, you know, things, it's a sunny evening. And it's not bikini weather temperature in the house. And when you do that in the school, you get people coming up and saying, I'm too cold to learn. And you, mm. you have to say, well, remember that actually it's the law, which it is in France for a company. We have to aerate the rooms but it's also the easiest cheapest most healthy way to protect people exactly providing ventilation mm. yeah and that they're not all sitting there all fucked up around a radiator <laughs> you know <laughs> and as a school owner obviously you keep an eye on the electricity bills you know one of the things <laughs> that drives me nuts is going into the ladies loos and it's like a hammam in there well, what are you girls doing? You know, are you sitting here playing cards all morning or what? <laughs> yeah, but I, th I feel like this is quite an interesting topic because it impacts mm. so many schools at the moment, particularly anyone that's doing travel and, and language. I'm curious, uh, and maybe it's to both of you, but how do you, do you prioritize that in the way that you put, for example, these ideas forward? So do you start at the smallest and, and go up to the, the biggest thing that they're worried about? Like, is there kind of a almost a priority checklist that you kind of try and address first? Because we know that people don't watch the entire video of anything. 
Uh, how do you structure what you tell people? And how do you, how, how much time do you really have available to you to be able to explain what you do? Uh, I don't know if either yeah. of you have any thoughts on that. I mean, I don't think you need a, you know, a two minute long video to explain, you know, all the health and safety procedures. I mean, if, if you do it at the start and you know, the, these are the things that we've done to ensure, you know, you can, uh, be safe and still enjoy and learn, um, effectively. And just by doing that, you show, uh, you know, potential students that you're taking it seriously. Um, yeah. and that it, it is a priority for you. So, um, again, uh, actually, um, Larry, we, we use, um, that video that you, uh, that you recorded in some of the campaigns and it works, uh, really well. Um, which goes to show that, um, people like to be, to see what, you know, schools are doing, um, in the classroom and, um, to ensure student safety. I think it's getting that balance, you know, mm. as you say, it's not sort of saying, oh, abandon hope all the, you know, no. into it. it's saying we are aware, we do our job, we are responsible, and this is what we've done. Now, do you want to pass your DELF and DELF? <laughs> Sign up. Exactly. Yeah. So, or, or the, in, in fact, most of the time, Herbert, I think we've been doing it the other way around. It's saying DELF and DELF, you want to pass this exam? Yeah. French Normandy is the best place to do it. Yeah. So, and then after that saying it's not only the best place for your teaching and your learning experience and you're giving yourself the best chance to get that exam you're also going to be safe while you do it Ooh, exactly fantastic. yeah yeah uh, just on the uh almost so just slightly so it, moving it, the co- it's a choice isn't it you have to like in like in all things in life is it's a choice and you have to be honest and say there is a situation and we're not blind to this we are taking mm. note of it yeah and we're taking the necessary steps we feel it's important to, for our staff our students and anyone connected with us because it isn't just one community is it it's no. everybody who's coming yeah. into the school or connected with the school just what you said there larry maybe it indicates why it could be quite a useful marketing uh, uh, campaign as well and the fact that you're using just as many companies do but using safety as something to rally around so instead of it's not just actually you're not promoting just the safety you're, you're promoting the fact that we're the kind of organization that cares about you as our students we care about our teachers and we care mm-hmm. about uh you know the the culture and the society that we live in like that also just tells you about you as a culture now i'm like oh okay yeah, it's about safety, but it's actually about what kind of organisation I'm going to be learning with. That's right. And and for an, another aspect of that would be environmental policies. You know, I'm a country girl. I recycle everything. Nothing goes to waste in this house. If it's not eaten by me, it's eaten by one of my various animals. If it's food <laughs> <laughs> and anything that's you know connected can be composted, it is co- yeah. or, or recycled way and i take that attitude into the school it's Mm. absolutely for me it's absolutely crucial and when i see people smoking i'm quite happy for people to smoke that's an individual choice but it's not an individual choice to trash our water systems Mm. and and there you know we've got a little thing outside the school where you can vote every week by putting your cigarette end into (laughs) into a container uh, the question in French, you know, which do you like, fish and chips, steak, 
steak frites, pizza, <laughs> you've just put your cigarette in. Okay, it's silly, but it's fun, fun. but it's not yeah. going on the floor. And that's mm. what's important. Oh, what so I'm, I think yeah. that aspect, you know, it's not just about the pandemic. It's about all sorts of other things. It's about social responsibility. It's about what sort of company you are and mm. how caring are you. One of the things I'm noticing about you, Larry, as well as I don't know, I haven't seen your marketing, but I imagine it's actually very good. And one of the reasons is you give me sound bites and stories. And I feel like that's a really crucial part of marketing a school, like just the, the composting story. I can take that away and I can communicate that really simply and easily. The, the film, I, you know, the film that, that goes, that's, that's a story that now I've got to talk to somebody about. And I think in marketing, it's obviously a <laughs> you crucial. You have to speak to Herbert about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but but these do yeah, things. Do these this, are uh, things that are unique, and I think they create something that is like, oh, you have to go to French Normandy. Here's just one of the things they do, and then it becomes like a small story that an, an agent or a student or somebody else can then easily tell somebody else about. Whereas if it was just you giving me a list of like, yes, we are compliant with every law, or you know anything that's not mm-hmm. got an emotional story, it becomes very boring or I kind of just gloss over. So I think creating little stories that maybe articulate almost the, the bigger picture through a mm. small story can be really helpful. Yes, I, I'm, I, I agree. And it's, it's hard for us all because marketing has changed. That's for yeah. sure. It's hard for us all to um, adapt and it's hard for us all to, to realise some of the things that we're doing could be ex- exploited sounds sounds nasty and it sounds sort of you know child labor but i mean exploité in the very french sense of the term it can be put to good use yeah exactly definitely Uh, just on that was was literally one of our questions for you larry was uh the fact that you've been working in marketing and as a school owner for so many years struck struck us as quite a fascinating I tried not to say how many years, but it's fascinating because it really does show, you know, like, again, Herbert, we only have, you know, we've had some great um, guests on our show. We haven't got that many people that have really such a range of marketing experience purely on language education. I'm elderly. (laughs) Experienced, wise, Larry. Experienced, yes, very knowledgeable. Um, so is, is there anything that you feel has been true from day dot about marketing and marketing your language school? Yeah, being creative. Great. What was something that you can is, – is there an example you have of when you were – something that you were creative way back when you started and is equally creative now or two different examples, one – when you started versus now, because I think sometimes we forget that a lot of the marketing techniques are actually fairly similar, mm. but just applied to a different context. I'm not sure if that this one comes into your into your ideas uh, or as a reply to the question. But when we started school, we were the only school in France who didn't close the school on bank holidays. What what in British in English you say uh-huh. bank holidays, uh-huh. and the reason we did that was because we sent our daughter to a school in Spain, and oh. she had a three week stay, and she had four days holidays, and they were friends, and they didn't make up any time, but we we okay we didn't pay the full price, but we still paid for those days, and it 
I just it didn't sit right. It, it didn't make me feel comfortable. So that's it. We 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 work all the bank holidays except for Easter Monday. We close the school for the weekend, so there's no excursion that day. So there's sort of like a little spring break and uh, May the 1st because, you know, that's Labor Day. But we have we're actually worked May the 1st. And if people ask, uh, we've had groups arriving and it's been May the 1st and we've just worked. So that that was different. That, that was something mm. quite groundbreaking. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not just saying it because Herbert's sitting here around this table, but I think being creative in the lockdown was thinking, this has all changed. And, you know, I'm not wandering around the world smiling at people and, <laughs> and waving. Uh, so I need to have somebody who can tell me how this new stuff works. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I guess the, the first story that you told me, again, and it really was a, a great story. And am I right in, in that it really conveyed your sense of, hey, when you come to French and Normandy, you're going to get great value as an example right. you know, or something like that. Is that is that kind of what you wanted that take home to be yeah, from that and, story? And, and it, it's, it, that it's not just great value, but I'm, I'm, I really want people – French changed my life. Uh, learning French because I was rubbish and my mother sent me to, to France when I was 12 to a family she didn't know. So, you know, ticking all the right parental boxes <laughs> these days. But, uh, and I was there for, I don't know, four or five months because I liked it and so she didn't want to interrupt. And it, it's just changed my life completely and that's what we want to, you know, we want to give that. It's it's It sounds a bit cosy and it sounds a bit coy and but I I want people to come to my school because they love it and they they like mm. what we the way we are and that they feel when they walk in that door on the Monday morning and let's face it everybody's nervous will I make friends will I how will it be will it be too hard will it be too easy what if people you know will I be able to say these words everything when you learn a language is a challenge and you're starving at break time you know and you have to get out and have something to eat because you've used up so much energy. Mm. And if we don't remember all these things, that everything for a student learning a language, whatever language that is, is like climbing Everest. You know, for me, I can get on a bus in Raw and I know how it works. I know where the ticket is. I know where I stick it. And yeah. But for a student, it's all of those questions. Do I need a ticket? Where do I buy the ticket? How much is it going to cost? Have I got enough money? Uh, and then they get on the bus or the tram or whatever, oh, and, and other people are going ding ding with the machine. Oh, do I have to? Do I have to do that? Yeah, everything is is so tiring. Such a because we make life complicated for ourselves, don't we? We don't just sit back and say, oh, "I'm going to French in Normandy. I'll be able to conjugate the verb in the subjunctive this afternoon. No problem." <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's free. And so if your school isn't catering, isn't isn't padding those walls, mm. even though they're, you know, they're mental walls for the student, if you're not there to, to do that, I don't think you're doing your job, really. Because yeah. how can they learn? How can they learn? They're just fixating on on bus tickets or whatever it is, you know. How do I go and buy a croissant? How do I say <laughs> I want a croissant? Um, and what I'm hearing from this is just reducing that kind of cognitive load. I just remember is, being, a, mm. a, you know, a kid and all these things, which was just, oh, my goodness. I, I, I tell a story which I tell often, but there's a really good point to it. Mum sent me away 
and I knew about toilets in the back garden because in Wales, obviously, we, we knew about that sort of stuff. Um, but nobody in my family, we were all very proud that we didn't have a tea bar anymore, you know, outside. <laughs> so I get shipped off to this family and they show me around the house and I look in the bathroom and I'd never seen a bidet in my life. And so there's this thing that it quite, it's quite seductively looking, it looks quite, <laughs> you know, like a WC, doesn't it? And I thought, my mum never told me that French people were different to Welsh people. <laughs> I didn't know that they'd have a different, you know, bodily function. How will I, how will I, I can't say anything in French, so how will I explain that when I go to the loo, it's much bigger and it won't go into that? <laughs> Can you imagine being terrorised as a 12-year-old and, and knowing that you cannot go to the loo in this house? And I'd missed the fact that the garden, actually the loo was in the garden, and that was a bidet. <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> you know, Hilarious. Three, three days of terrible trauma. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's brilliant. Wow. But it's a good example of how people react in a foreign, lang in a foreign language, you know. Everything hmm. becomes, you don't accept anything. There are no more. There are no more safe zones. Mm. Everything is a curiosity. I'd never eaten an aubergine. I'd never eaten a green pepper. You know. How do you think you bring this into a marketing sense? Because these are like, again, being able to have a conversation with you, Larry, is like, ah, oh, this would be so natural. I think you could tell me a million stories if I was one-on-one -on -one with you. But marketing is the difficult part of that is trying to get the, the right story that's going to make the right decision for me to me at the right time. I don't know if either Herbert or Larry, you have a way of kind of explaining that. But again, I totally understand when I'm hearing it, but I'm kind of curious, how do I, how do you do that in marketing? Get these stories across to people you don't know. Well, I mean, uh, we, we often use, you know, that's a good way to use testimonials and not just like just quotation marks, but actually tell the story of the student. You know, where were they beforehand? Um, what was their transformation? And, and show it authentically, any stumbling blocks, mistakes, or naps that they got into. Um, that's, you know, what everyone else, just as Larry uh, told us, will, will, will experience themselves. So being very authentic with, with your stories um, from uh, the student's side, from the teacher's side, also from, from the owner's side even. Um, why not? As I said, I've, I've told that story. I think the expression is I've dined out around the world on that story <laughs> of various uh, uh, Institut Francais or French embassies and so forth. But it, 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 it's, it's a real it's a, a real experience. And we should never underestimate how much effort it is for students to come to us. So if they don't feel that you're listening, even before we we, you know, before we've even met them, before we've even seen a picture of them, when they mm. write to you, their email, if they're saying, I want to learn Delph and Delph, don't send them French and Cuisine or, you know, yeah. worse, sort of French 50 plus. <laughs> you know, make sure that you're attentive. It's it's an example of, of having your eyes and ears open to your, your potential market. That's and, brilliant. And, you know, we could... 
we can give another example of that too you know if you're going to malaysia don't turn up in a in a mini mini see-through frock and mm. give out presents of wine bottles or you know <laughs> think about yeah. think about who your audience is and adapt the things that you have to to showcase to to the people in front of you be sensitive to who it's all about that isn't it it's about being sensitive to who you're talking to and respecting them that seems a perfect point to to end on and the fact you just wrapped up i think our entire conversation which is about being sensitive and showing respect in a pandemic you've shown you know with some great stories of how you're doing that at your school we've talked about it with you know being sensitive to where somebody's coming from before they enter your school and arrive at your school i think you've done a great job of really explaining your in a way you might not call it a methodology but it really comes through that stories mm. um, and being very genuine and being very sensitive and respectful is a big part of your repertoire in marketing and i think i've learned a lot um uh, herbert any last comments before we end up this this episode no i think uh thank you for your insights larry uh very very interesting we had a good good laugh as well so um it was great <laughs> to have you on it was lovely to to be invited and thank you very much it's uh and thank you to herbert as well because he's been uh when i've wanted to chat and, and say oh what do you think about this or uh what do you think about this new idea which i did the <laughs> other week and it hasn't yes. there's a new idea that's about oh. to hit a French Normandy idea that's about to to come to fruition, and well, uh, I hope everyone to hear will. Uh, exactly. Definitely, <laughs> definitely check out Herbert at herbertgertzer.com. You can check me out on learncube.com. But really, this is about sharing ideas, inspiration, and motivation to language school owners and tutoring company owners, and really helping those, uh, particularly what's been a, a pretty tough year. So thanks very much for listening, and make sure you hit that subscribe button for the Get More Students podcast, and we'll see you here next time. Thanks very much. Catch you later. Bye.